Hey, my name's Louis, and welcome to. I'm just gonna go for it. Hey, I'm Louis, nutritionist and personal trainer, and it's my privilege to welcome you to Between Two Plates, the Strength Vitality podcast, where we discuss everything between gym plates and kitchen plates to do with fitness, nutrition, and mental health. This week, we're joined by Sarita Taneja, the fountain of energy, enthusiasm, and care that stands strong on the community and fundraising team at the Air Ambulance Kent, Surrey, Sussex. The Air Ambulance is something that is incredibly important to me personally, as well as the fundraising purpose of the annual CrossFit event that we organise, Pick It Up, Put It Down. The Air Ambulance is absolutely dependent on community funding, and Sarita joins us to give us a deeper insight into the amazing work they're able to do and how this is facilitated by the community's support. If anyone has any questions relating to any of the topics discussed in this interview, please don't hesitate to email me at louis@strengthvitality.com. Thank you so much, and we, as ever, really hope you enjoy the podcast. Sarita, are you ready to rumble? Ready to rumble. Fantastic. Right. How many nuts and bolts in a helicopter? Seriously? Is that gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like How... have... I feel like this is millionaire, and I should have phone a friend. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good very to see well, you. thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you were very keen to, you've been pestering me to get on here for ages now. So uh, yeah. finally, we managed to make some time. <laughs> um, oh no, I don't know if that's the truth. <laughs> so Sarita, um, you're st- you are fortunately still working with the Air Ambulance and lots of people have been furloughed. Um, give us, give us a, like, sort of an introduction, a hello to Sarita, your background and where you're at now with the Air Ambulance, if that's okay. okay. So yeah, I'm Sarita. I've been with the charity for nearly four years in August. Louis was my first ever fundraiser that I met. So I started off uh, at a top top level. (laughs) I started you off at the bottom of the bunch. (laughs) At the top. So you were my first base visit. You were my first fundraiser. So this is quite a a nice thing to be doing. Um, So my background is I'm part of the community fundraising team. I've um, been there in that role for about two years now. So I get to support our fundraisers that are individuals, groups. Um, I also have the very big honor of looking after all of our former patients. So I get to be their contact point when they want to find out who their crew were, if they want to pass thanks on to them, but also facilitate very important actually visits for them to come and meet crew members that took care of them on the day of incident or accident. So that's a really big part of my job, and it's um, one that I absolutely love. Um, it's a real reminder of what we're doing. They're not always happy. I do have to do some bereaved families as well. But okay. I think it's very humbling for us to know that people are appreciative of what our crews and our teams do. So I'm very lucky in my role. I get to meet some great people. So sad at the moment I'm working at home because I've only <laughs> fun. So this was my eighth week do it working at home. Whoa. Eight weeks. Um, do you have any idea when you'll be back? No, we don't. I think we're like everyone else, but we're really lucky with um, the Air Ambulance that they've taken really good care of us all. From the day dot that it started, they've taken no risks with any of us, whether that's crew or staff. So we're very well set up at home. We've got everything that we need. Um, so in theory, we should be all right for a while. So okay. What's... So you're at home. Hello, hello, hello. Um, you're at home, but what are the what are the crew doing? Are they still working? We're still completely operational. So we're very lucky that we can say that we're still 24-7. Um, nothing has really changed there. 
um, they're still responding to trauma and medical cases as per. It did get a bit quieter for when we went. Oh, wow. Those, just because it's not the people on the roads. So there was less RTCs and medical jobs, but that we've seen a change in the past week to 10 days where that's, we're starting to go back to normal jobs now. Okay. So that shows you that you know people are on the move again. But alongside that, for any of you that have been following, we've got the appeal at the moment, which is where we're trying to raise an additional £535,000 because we're also giving frontline support to the NHS. So we are able to help with support of, uh, transportation of COVID-19 patients so that's a big thing um, where, does, um, where does that uh, 535,000 come from it seems like quite a specific number is there they've worked it out on like the the predicted amount of time that we'll have to do that okay, how many people it would need because we're having to transport them up until this week or no next week we'll hopefully start using the helicopter for that but we haven't been doing the helicopter we've been given support to CCAM yeah. So we've been transporting by land ambulance and everything. So the biggest part of that is that obviously we wouldn't take that on. Um, our senior leadership management team wouldn't let that happen without our crews being really well kitted out. So we have had to invest more in PPE and just tweak things that we would normally do. So the helicopter has been um, adapted to have a second layer to block off between the pilots and the crew. Okay. So hopefully next week, they're hoping if they can just get some um, new things in place that we might be able to start transporting by helicopter. That's but, very cool. I think last time we spoke, you were saying that that was a hard thing to do, to get something that would separate. Yeah, because the pilots obviously can't mask up because they need the microphones to touch their yeah. mouths to speak. It was just the dynamics and everything. And also, ultimately, the safety of our crew is first. So they wouldn't have put any of them in any kind of danger and also just to transport people. But, you know, the thing that everyone that supports Pick It Up, Put It Down knows that we don't always transport people by helicopter, even if we're doing our normal jobs. You know, our crews do jump in the back of land ambulances quite a lot to get to people to where they need to be. So it's not unusual for us to be doing it by land. OK, cool. Um, okay, well, wicked. Now, now you're talking about the land and the air. For anyone who maybe doesn't know what you guys do, um, what, what is the, the role of the air ambulance and where do they step in? So we step in when people, it's high trauma or high medical. Um, also location comes into play. So we're there to bring the emergency department to the roadside or to people's homes or remote locations. So we're there to give back up to CCAM. So CCAM land ambulance will always be there first. 90% of the time, 99% of the time. And then we get to go and give them back up. So by the time we've got there, the thing we need to really press is this is a massive team effort. So they would have done a lot of work. They've done the, you know, triaging, they've worked out how sick people are. If they've asked for us to come, there's a very big reason. So we're bringing our medical knowledge and the fact of speed. So a lot of the time we do take people by aircraft and that means that we can get people there a lot quicker to the desired location they need for the specialist care that they need. So it's all of those elements together that we can be, but we're very lucky with our doctors and our consultants and our paramedics have to be of a really high standard to even get interviewed, to come okay. to us. To be a doctor, you have to be nearing your consultancy, becoming a consultant or coming to the end of your eight years as a, as a doctor in your first stage. Right. So you can come on board until you've done a, a lot of time out there. 
bring in a lot of knowledge and they've got good connections as well with hospitals and high trauma. So we're bringing everything to the roadside and to just give everyone the best chance that they can have. Okay, wicked. What's the, whose call is it? So you've said that they'll, they'll come out if it's really serious. And so you mentioned that the land crew might be the ones to make that call. Is it always them who decide? Oh, so we have a dispatcher within the 999 call centre who sees all of the calls that are coming in, can hear everything. So if they think that it's something that we can help with, they might say to them, there's like a system of bringing it up as a red flag and they can say, we can take this over or offer assistance. Okay. As we're asked for, but our dispatchers do an amazing job of looking out for all of the things we can help with. And they're really the first point of call. If they don't make those decisions and get those crew in the air, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So our dispatchers have a very, they don't get spoken about a lot, but they're absolutely fantastic. And we're very lucky to have them. So they make the big decisions. They're also the ones that coordinate the crew and keep in touch with them the whole time that they're on the ground, in the air, and when they get to the um, hospital. So they're fabulous. We love them to bits. So we <laughs> They're very much part of the team. They just get a little bit forgotten about sometimes. So we like to shout about them as much as we can. Yes. Mark, hello. I've just seen you pop up. Hello, dude. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's, it sounds like, in my experience, which I've been very fortunate to have, that you've got such an amazing team. Like, even now you're talking, it's got such an amazing team culture. What do you think the reason for that culture is? Is it a person? Is it an ethic? Like, could you pinpoint how this culture has been created where you work as such a good team? Yeah, I think there's, I think when you, from a charity point of view, when you're from the background I'm in, you work for a charity because you really want to work for the charity. And for the air ambulance, it's really easy to become so passionate about it. And I think that's probably what links us all. While the crew are medical and they're the ones that go out and save lives, we're there to try and facilitate that by raising funds and supporting people. So we all need to have that passion. We all need to have that same end goal. And the end goal is to provide the best care we can and try and keep as many families and people together as we can. So that's our motive. And I think, you know, it, it drives everyone. And I think when you've had the pleasure of seeing the crew, you've seen the helicopter up close, that kind of gives you your the, the kind of passion, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Louis, you're if we could um, employ you as a fundraiser, we'd be on it, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you get much done. Hi Zoe. Zoe's in that Zoe is in. Hello. Um the uh what cover was gonna ask you now. Uh oh yeah. So how much does it cost then? So we've said about you, you're currently on this sort of push to raise 535,000. Yeah. I do know this number, but if you could give us an idea of what the number is and- um, so the number is what? for the FA, yeah, it's 14 million. So that 14 million covers- It's your wages, right? <laughs> of course it is, no. Um, so the 14 million covers everything from the operational side, for missions, for fuel, for fourth wages. But we're also very innovative. So we're always, our teams are always trying to work to the next thing. So we do a lot of research at the charity. So that also goes towards that. But basically, we always want to have those running costs. We never want to be in a position where we can't be 24-7. That's yeah. the, the ultimate goal right now, I think, for all of us, is to make sure that we stay here for our counties every day, all day. And that's what we want to aim. So 14 million is that costing per year. That's amazing. And it's incredible that, um, <laughs> sorry, 
Why uh, are you I saw Lauren put a comment saying uh, we'd never get any work done if you joined our team. <laughs> Hi, Katie. She, <laughs> and how amazing is it that you've got so much support that you raise that money to? Yeah, exactly. We're really, really lucky. We're very blessed. And, you know, we've, without fundraisers like you and Pick It Up, Put It Down, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And everyone that fundraises, you know, there's so many different ways that people support us. It can be by doing events and fundraising. It can be by joining the lottery. You could be a volunteer. You could be a major donor. You could give a one-off donation. There are so many ways that people support us. And it's by that that we continue, continue what we're doing. But I think what you know more than anyone there is that we're very much a community charity. Yeah. You know, it's communities of Kent, Surrey, East Sussex and West Sussex that mean that we can carry on doing what we're doing. So we are here for those counties and the people of those counties very much are behind their air ambulance. So it's a, a really big entity and we're very lucky. You're lucky and also uh, you are all like, it's a wicked, wicked charity. You run it very well. You're, you're great with everyone who you interact with. So as much as you're lucky, you provide an amazing service and you're very good at what you do. I'm not sure if you guys would get the same support if you weren't such lovely people and so great at what you do. Um, Thank you. The, so, right, we've talked about the money, but there's other ways that the air ambulance works as well as the people that work there. There's some cool stuff that I learned about recently. So it, could you tell us a little bit about like the pilots and the blood and some of this other stuff that these extra organisations work with you to provide the service? Yeah. So our pilots are technically not staff. So they come partly with the helicopter. So it's partly leased, part owned. So they're part of special aviation. So, but they're very much part of the team and they are there, you know, they still advocate the charity, but they might come from different parts of the country and come and work for us a couple of weeks. So some of them might come from up north or from Portsmouth and stuff. So they're not always necessarily local, okay. but that doesn't stop them from being completely on board and advocating the charity. So a lot of their backgrounds are military. So they'll right. come from Navy or RAF and that's their background means they're really strong on being very good in those situations. Nothing really phases them, but it means they're super brave and they'll take any, you know, they're really good at what they do because they have to land and take care of our crews in very difficult situations, you know, especially at night. Night flying is a whole other element and there's so many other things to think about. So we're very lucky and very blessed that we've got some of the top pilots we could ask for. And that's something um, that you've only able to be doing in the last few years, isn't it? Is that the night flying? Yeah, night flying's been the past few years and we now have two pilots on board, which we didn't used to have, but we just because of extra safety, and also it just makes it better for everybody. But pilots always pitch in as well. They always come and help if needed. So we do land in really remote areas. They're not always the easiest. They do have to carry people over weird terrains. And if the pilots need to lend a hand, they always will. So they're very much part of the team. Um, they're great guys. We're very lucky to have them. So, um, and they'll be pleased I've said that because they, you know, they, they get forgotten a little bit about sometimes. <laughs> When people come and meet the crew, they're a bit like it's the, the paramedics and the doctors get all the love, and they're a yeah. bit like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> We're very lucky with our pilots. And, and what about and what about the the charities like the the blood charities that work with you? Serve help us serve a, um, a charity in their own right, and uh, they're a great group of people. So they're all uh, motor bike, you know, motorbike enthusiasts who give up their time um, and their resources, so they use their own bikes to come and deliver blood to us. So that comes from the NHS, but they bring that to us every day. So we carry blood every on day. Wow. every day. Yeah, so they come every day and 
they've been, I mean, they've been super busy right now because they're also offering frontline help to get blood to other areas as well. So as a charity in their own right, they're a great, they're great guys and we wouldn't be able to do what we do because it would be hard for us to add in another element of getting more resources every day. So they're very much needed. And it's, again, they all come from all different backgrounds. A lot of them come from, you know, services backgrounds as well. So they've got that kind of mindset. So they're really great guys. And, you know, without them, especially now, you know, that's quite a hard thing to be doing. They've got to go to hospitals and everything and get everything. So wouldn't be without them as well. So <laughs> then massively, because it must be hard for them right now. Uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine. I think like this sort of a situation proves how really truly amazing these people can be to still pull through in these really challenging times. And on that, how has the role, and you touched on this at the beginning, how has the role of, of you guys changed since COVID? So you said maybe you've been a bit quieter, maybe some, some transportation of COVID patients? Yeah, so it's changed. I mean, it's changing again. So they've been busier this week because of cars on the road, you know, is getting busy again just with general traffic and things but we do all kinds of jobs you know we go to rtcs we go to medicals we go to cardiac we also do even without covid we do into hospital transfer so say someone was down in brighton but they needed to go to a london hospital and there was an, an urgency of time we can go specifically to pick people up okay and cool. specialist hospitals within our counties so that's something that we're still doing um, so there's lots of different things that are going on and I think everyone's adapted really well because we're used to working with them you know that I'm used to being at Red Hill every weekend pretty much doing patient visits so yeah. <laughs> it's really hard and you know thank goodness for technology because we can all keep in touch and we have team meetings every day and we can see everyone but it has changed the way we fundraise Fundraising is going to be tougher for a while because there are lots of challenge events that have been cancelled or postponed. Events that people hold, like your own, will have to be put on hold because we just can't physically do it. It would be, it would be wrong for everyone to be trying to aim for it when we don't know what's going to be happening. So as a fundraising team, and Lauren's there, so she'll know, at the moment we are very much trying to think about what we can do to still keep people engaged. So... Yes, we need to raise funds, and yes, our, our fundraisers are fantastic, but we also want them to know that they're still part of all of this, that when we come out of the other side, we've still got to be carrying on as normal. So it's about engagement and information as well. There's been lots of people that have never even known we're a charity until recently. <laughs> oh, so I think there's been people that have been like, well, you, you know, you'll get government funding, and you'll get some of this kitty, and we, we don't. We're 89% funded by our supporters and you know when that starts to go down it's like well we've got to think of new ways to engage with people so right. lots of virtual things going on there's lots of quiz nights going on we're trying to think of new ways to engage everyone and make it fun so 2.6 challenge was a good example of that because you all got on board with the burpees your videos are hilarious they really do <laughs> um so that was exactly where our mind's going. 2.6 gave us a really good idea of what kind of challenges people were happy to take on in the circumstances. And that was a good indicator to us of maybe we need to be thinking about a few more things like that. Okay. Have you got any plans in the future that you can tell us about? Or we've Lauren's got plans. watching. She's like, Sarita, don't give away. Lauren's going to be putting on an event for a million people. No, she's not. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> listening, Lauren, uh, who is 
in the group and chatting now um, is Sari what position is Lauren? Is she the head of fundraising? Events. So, okay. so what's happened right now to explain the format is that um, some of our team are on furlough. So there's a group of four of us, really five some days, but four of us that are now kind of doing lots of different jobs. Luckily for me and Laura, we worked together when I first started in the same team. So coming, so we're now kind of all just coming together and working lots of different things, whether it be corporate, community, events. So Lauren has to spend a lot of time with me at the moment. But, <laughs> so um, she'll be over the moon that I've said to her, come into the group and see what's going on. <laughs> She's here to make sure that I don't say anything wrong. So if anything goes wrong, she'll message me. So <laughs> Uh, but we're working all together so we're having to kind of use our strengths really so whatever we feel comfortable with and just trying to think outside the box of it and you know it's the same for every single charity everyone's having to learn to do things very very differently whether that's fundraising or even thanking people it's really hard to thank people when people are working from home with a teeny tiny printer so you right. know, letters going out we had to, it took us a while to get our post to come to somebody because there's posts still coming in um so it's all the logistics that everyone's having to think about as well and i think you know whether it's our charity or any charity everyone's doing really well and should well, be really proud exactly. now i interrupted you when you were saying about maybe something that you had planned i was asking if you have I, any I, fundraising plans i can't share with you we've got so we have got some plans there will be some <laughs> challenge based plans which you will blatantly be doing Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're my go-to person to go, can you do this for me? This is why you've got me back now, tonight. <laughs> I've asked you to help me with so many things. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be doing some, we're going to try and do things that kind of cross the ages as well. So it won't just be about fundraising. It won't just be about challenges. We really want to engage with everyone as well. So it might be that we do some things for littler people to get involved. But, you know, we're still very much in planning stages because the reality is it's going to be quite a long time until we can get back to whatever normal is so we need to start thinking long term we'll also be introducing some of our older things so we do wear red instead every year which coincides with air ambulance week okay. which takes at the beginning of september and that's where all of the air ambulances across the uk come together because we're not in competition with each other we're very much all doing the same things just in very different counties and in different locations Which uh -oh. is a nice one for kids. Oh, cool, there you are. You froze uh, for yeah. a second, Sarita. <laughs> I froze. I don't know what you something to look out for that we'll probably be doing at some point. But everything yeah. will be socials, and you'll be telling everyone because you'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Hi, Jed. Uh, well, do you know that um, one of our athletes, Katie Hickling, is doing this crazy burpee challenge? Have you seen this? I've seen, is it, is, I think there's been a video, hasn't there? She's do yeah, she's doing like, um, so she's going to raise, a, for anyone listening, I'll put the, the link for this so you can give her some pounds, but for every pound that she raises, she's going to do a burpee and she's almost at like 600 pounds. I mean, it's like, yeah. be shattered. Oh, that's mad. It's crazy. Amazing. Amazing. But those are the thing. These are the things where people get what we're seeing with the change in fundraising, people are coming up with some really fantastic ideas. Yeah. That probably wouldn't normally happen because people do tend to do the pre-planned events and the pre-planned challenges. So this is where people are getting really, like their imaginations are going wild and it's really nice. I think it's good. 
there's um there's a there's a risk that when we talk about uh, fundraising for charities that people see tv programs like children in need and it's like or i can't remember the charity that they did recently but it's for the nhs and it was some crazy million like and you look at like captain tom which is all incredible and then the phone number at the top of that tv show it was like donate 10 15 or 20 10 20 or 50 pounds it's like quite big wedges of money for maybe lots of people now that are finding it hard what could you say to people that maybe have a small amount of money that they're able to give or is there also value in just raising awareness like you said about the fact that you are a charity I think awareness right now is as important because we need people to remember us when this is all over, as it goes on longer. So I think obviously funds are important. We can't get away from that. But right now, however anyone can support is equally important. So when people did the 2.6 challenge, you know, Lauren did it, I did it, we did it because we wanted to raise awareness of it. The fact that we also raised some funds was a complete and utter bonus. But I think we need to be talking about our charities because right now, like you said, there are some great charities. We've got big national charities that are still out there who are very vocal and very visible, which is exactly what they should be. But the problem for regional charities like us is that we can't compete with that visual all the time. So we need to remind our communities that we're still here. We're still doing our everyday job that we still need to be doing it in six months time and everything. So yeah, I think you're right. I think if every time that everyone's talking about it, it's just as important as making a donation right now. So keep talking about us, keep sharing. And what if, and there's like a cool, one of the first things that you guys told me was what a pound can buy. So if someone only has a pound to give, that still goes away to help, right? What's bubble wrap? Bubble wrap is very important, which sounds like a really small thing. But when, when people are being transported, obviously, when they're on the helicopter, they need to really take care of them and pack them properly. So that they, but they still need to be able to get to them. They need to keep them warm. So bubble wrap is a really good way, especially when kids are fundraising. Like a pound will help that massively. And, you know, pick it up, put it down has raised a huge amount of money and a crazy amount of money. Well, we are now 23... 23,000, yeah. Over 23. So you've got to think that, so to equate that, so £1,200 will put fuel for 10 missions. So that's 10 potential lives in that sense. And that's 10 families that can be kept together. So if people think of those, and actually £1,200 is doable for lots of people, especially when they're running a marathon and everything. But that's, that's a massive thing. That's a life changer for people. And that's like, you can't even equate that in some ways. You know, when people talk about how much it costs, people's lives don't have a, a figure on them, do they? Yeah, 100%. But, you know, so you can't really, everything that's raised will make a difference, whether it's a pound or £2,000 or £10,000. Everything that everyone's doing is going to help towards helping other people. And that's the most important thing. Yes, Arita. Now, get, get... I've been you for a really long time and you've been like... <laughs> For me, <laughs> yeah. post-it notes all across like the back of the lap. I joked about that, but I haven't actually done it. <laughs> I haven't done it. What um without like without asking you to do a history lesson, that would be unfair. But where did the air ambulance come from? Did we just did it just drop out of the sky and they were like, let's start saving people? It's a brainchild of a lovely, lovely lady called Kate Chivers. And I think she was at the Royal Visit with you. I don't know. Did she come and say hi? She loved oh, She didn't say hello to me, but she was there. Yes. Really lovely. And Kate had heard about uh, Thames Valley. 
and he thought what an what an amazing idea and so in 1989 started to put the foundations of getting the Kent Air Ambulance started and she's still so passionate about it and considering like it was very different back then so helicopters were different logistics were different we had paramedic we only had a paramedic on board we didn't have doctors then she really embraces all of the changes like she's always wowed by them she's fabulous she's a really lovely lady she's very much a people person and so i think that's why it came from that is that she cares she cared about people's well-being and about people's outcomes and she's great and we wouldn't be without her she's a lovely lady and it's because of her that we get to do what we do you know she had the thought and did all of the hard work to you know to start it and then it just has evolved so she's she's fab and uh we get kate on this she'd love it she would have loved something like this (laughs) (laughs) we can get her on we can get her on i don't know hope we'd soon we'll see we'll see So, okay, okay, and maybe this is like a tough question to ask you. Are there any uh, patients, and you, you don't have to say their names, but that you have had the honour of meeting after who particularly stand out? Oh, there's quite a few. We were talking about one just before we came on, weren't we, about Charlie. So we're allowed to talk about it. We can't give them too many details, but Charlie is eight years old and was airlifted by us last year. His story's going to be told in July, actually, so watch out on socials. But yeah. He- serious scooter accident he was knocked off his scooter and the thing with Charlie was when I met him it was more his mum that kind of got to me because she so when we when we have children where we can we will always take a parent with them um, because we don't want them to get to the hospital on their own we don't want them to be scared um, and Lauren had been very emotional on the phone calls whenever we spoke and I was looking forward to meeting Charlie but wasn't prepared for how emotional she would be when she met the crew again because what she hadn't told me is the majority of the flight that all she was worried about was being sick so she they'd had to give her a sick bag and everything because she kept (laughs) oh sorry i think i'm gonna be sick i think i'm gonna be sick (laughs) she wanted to just really apologize for constantly saying i feel (laughs) ill and her son was so poorly but We've got, we've got lovely patients. We've got Sam Jenner, who you've probably read about, who was a mum who, well, she was a mum. Um, so September, two years ago nearly, coming up to two years this year, she was pregnant um, and collapsed at home, um, had had a cardiac um, arrest. She's only in her um, late 20s, early 30s. So we took her to King's. Um, and when she first rang me, she started with, oh, I had a cardiac arrest. I was I was tw- uh, 22 weeks pregnant and I'm thinking she's not, I would literally think I held my breath, breath for the three minutes that she started talking. So I'm thinking she's not mentioned a baby. Like what happened? And it wasn't until there was a little cry in the background and I was like, I breathed out and she said, Suta, I didn't tell you about Jack. And I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> so Jack arrived 10 weeks later, still a little bit early. She had Jack and then she had open heart surgery two weeks later. So we've met Sam. I've had cuddles with Jack. She's wonderful. And then about three or four weeks ago, she messaged to say that she's pregnant again. So there's another baby coming into the world. So with Sam, I think that was a true idea of, you know, that day our crew saved two people really because Jack wouldn't have made it otherwise. So there are some patients that you meet that you build up really good relationships with and they become very close to you and they just tug at your heart a little bit because 
you know, babies involved, you can't help it. Children involved, you can't help it. It's just, it's very emotive. Um, I'm very lucky that I get to meet our patients and their families. They're all absolutely smashing. Oh, Sarita! What a, uh, Lauren has just said something quite cool. I don't know if you, can you see the comments? Oh, I can't see the comments. Probably you'd be the best that I can't see the comments. <laughs> Lauren has just said a lot of people said a helicopter emergency medical service wouldn't survive a year being funded by a charity. But 30 years later, still here. Pow! (laughs) We're still going and we're still able to progress and do new things. And that's because of everyone that supports us. You know, we've been able to move it forward because of the funding, because we get the fundraising, but also because we have those kind of people on board. We have those doctors and those paramedics and those operational side that want to push it and want to make it better to give everyone the best, best chance they can. So we are very lucky. Yes, yes, Sarita. Um, I do want to take a moment before I ask you the last couple of questions to just yeah. say anyone in this Pick It Up, Put It Down group, like you're talking about the unsung heroes. There are so many people who like, who support you guys through supporting events and other things. Who go totally unsung, like with things that like we pick it up, put it down, like the amount of people that come forward to drill plyboard into the stage and to like bring sandwiches up for people who were like working the days before to like to, to measure the wind speed to make sure the marquees aren't going to explode. Like, like last year. <laughs> it's, it's such an amazing thing to, to have the air ambulance is so special because people help it so selflessly, like they don't want any any praise they're willing to do like tough stuff to yeah. support it it's, it's incredible it's so amazing and damn right lauren you're here for 30 years bring on the next 300 <laughs> <laughs> and i think i said to you because obviously last year i came to pick it up put it down and it was the first time i'd come to the event even though i'd been supporting you for three years then and i said to you all and i couldn't hide it i was really really overwhelmed by pick it up put it down i got there were a few moments where i thought don't embarrass yourself by buying <laughs> or anything, especially at the end, because I think what Pick It Up, Put It Down encapsulates and is a really good example of a lot of other fundraisers is that it's about everyone coming together. Like you're right, there were so many people in that marquee that day that were all there for the one thing, and that was to support the charity and do something great. And it was yeah. really overwhelming and really humbling. And you know, we do I do this job all the time and I get to speak to people, but that day was a real boost to remind me of why I do my job, how lucky I am to do it, but all the great people out there, from the people taking part, like you said, people running around in the background doing teas and coffees and cake, you know, everything, everyone, whatever role anyone has in fundraising, whether it's fundraising in a money sense or by giving their time, and that's where our volunteers are amazing. You know, we wouldn't be able to do half of our job without them. You know, I couldn't go and give all the talks that we do within our counties. You know, people's time is as precious as, you know, money and funds. You're so right. You're so right. Um, and I think that, that, like, that thing can only grow. The way that people look at the air ambulance and appreciate it and are willing to give their time, it can only grow. And, and that's why I know I joke saying 300 years more, but hopefully it begins to perpetuate itself, grow exponentially, more and more people will get involved. Um, and one day it'll be like the hovercraft air ambulance. That... <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, sorry, anyone listening, how can they support you guys? There's lots of different ways. You can, we've obviously got the appeal at the moment, which if you go to our socials and our website, there's all the details on there about that. If you want to do any crazy challenges, we're up to hearing them. 
I would say just keep an eye on what we're doing. It's going to be changing a lot in the next couple of months. Um, spread the news. The, one of the biggest things we find at the moment would be really good to just extend the community that are following us on things. So follow us on our socials. If you see us doing things like the appeal, don't feel like the only contribution you can make is financial. If you can share that post, it goes out to another couple of hundred people, which is massively important. Just always be thinking, it's about shouting out about the air ambulance as much. So just keep following us, keep supporting. If there's something that takes your fancy, let us know, because uh, they'll get me or Lauren to be supporting them through it. And Lola, who's not on here, Lola should have joined us as well. But yes. um, it's very much just keep, keep talking about us and supporting us where you can, and we'll be pleased to, to take care of you. Yes, Sarita. Stacey's in. Hello, St Stacey says, hi, Sarita, sending big virtual hugs. Oh, big virtual hugs back. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, doll. Um, so, if, Sarita, I don't know if you've watched... Oh, Zoe, you're such a superstar and we love you. Zoe said, this has made me quite emotional. Uh, Sarita, you and your team are amazing and I'm so proud to support you guys. Oh, big kisses. Yeah, no, it's really nice to be here with everyone. And this is like really important, I think, because... You know, I can't sit here and tell you it's all easy all the time. You know, I'm really lucky with the job I do, but I'm massively missing my family and I'm massively missing with, miss being with my team. But I've got luck. I'm so lucky that I have all of you, like people like you, because I've spoken to you loads. I've got you on board to do loads of crazy stuff for me over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, whatever happens at the end of this, we've all still got all this to come back to. We've still got so much to look forward to, I think. Hell yeah. Sarita, if you were given two extra hours a day, what would you do with them? What, on a per what work or personal? I mean, you can, uh, Katie Tatlock, uh, who works for the ambulance, uh, says, we love hems. Thank you, Sarita. <laughs> oh, we, we love Seacamp. God, we wouldn't be able to do. That's the thing to really remember is that it's all a massive team effort for all of the services. And lots of our doctors and paramedics don't just work for us. They work for the NHS as well. So, our doctors, you know, some of our paramedics are with us full time, but lots of them work in our hospitals. And right now, whether they're wearing their HEMS reds or their NHS scrubs, we're unbelievably proud of them and just hope that they keep really safe. So it's the same, you know, every, I think all we want is for everyone to just keep really safe right now because, you know, they all do an amazing job, all of them, whatever colour they're wearing, they're all doing great. So, Sarita, back to you. You're praising everyone else. What would you do? Um, ooh, two hours. Once this is all a bit more relaxed, I think we had a quite a we had quite a deep and meaningful chat the other day, didn't we, about stuff? And I think for those people that don't know me that well, you know, I'm on crutches all the time, and I did the two point six challenge, and I did the two point six mark k kilometers walk, walk around my house. So that was like three thousand four hundred and something odd steps. And I said to you, I got re a really good feeling out of that, and so yeah. I think. It's all a bit more calm. I think I'd use my two hours to kind of look at fitness a bit more and well-being because I have a really busy job that I love. But I think all of this kind of downtime has made me see that I kind of need to do some other things. I need to kind of do a few things that maybe make my life a little bit better, but also yeah. just more time with my family and friends because I think we, some of us all sit here and go, I think we took more for granted a little bit. Um, it's a terrible way to learn the lesson. It's a hard, hard way, but I can't wait to just be spending a bit more time with everyone and just trying to do some other things and, you know, strengthening up a little bit, maybe. Yes. Damn right, Sarita. Pow! 
pay this to you because you're going to be on my back about it now. <laughs> Get up! <laughs> I'm waiting for these 26 burpees. <laughs> um, steps, baby steps. <laughs> um, Lauren has just said you'll be doing a marathon next. So oh, I guess... Thanks, I guess <laughs> Lauren, I guess, I guess that's you nominating yourself as well. So fantastic. Yeah. Once, once she said that, I'll tell you what, why doesn't she have the baby? Because she's having a baby soon. I'll look after the baby and she can do the marathon. I think that, I think that's a fair swap. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Sarita, thank you so much. Now, um, we, we are, so pick it up, put it down. We're going to put on a virtual event this year. So we'll, we'll, we'll still be having a competition with all of our athletes. Um, and next year, for anyone listening, we will be on next year, 2021. We'll be bigger, better than ever. We have got a huge bit of news to drop, but we can't tell you yet. But it's on the 17th of July. The 17th of July. So please put that in your calendars um, and, and be there. And if you found this group useful, obviously it's going to continue to run. Uh, if you found this group useful, please book that day in because we would love to see you to share a beer, to share a barbell with you. You don't have to raise a barbell. You can, <laughs> you can just drink and party together. Um, but 17th of July, you've got to, got to be there. Tara has just jumped in, who won Pick It Up, Put It Down this year. Pow! Amazing. Sarita, can we fast forward? <laughs> fast forward to 20... Oh, God, can you imagine if we could? How amazing. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, Sarita, stay there. Uh, I'll go off live and, and, and then I'll say goodbye. But if you want to say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, I'll say goodbye and say, you know, I hope that you'll realise how important you are to us. You're an absolutely amazing group. We wouldn't be without you. So carry on keeping safe. And hopefully I'll get to see you all again really, really soon. Yeah. So thank you. Wicked. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, Lauren, fantastic. I'm going to hold you to that. And you've just done the Prosecco emoji. So obviously <laughs> you're partying with us. Uh, amazing. Right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for watching. Have an amazing weekend. And if you need us, you know, just reach out in the group. Big love. Pow! Thank you so much from everyone listening to the podcast for coming on today, Sarita. I feel especially privileged for the fact that you've come on and been able to share a deeper insight into something that I know so many people around us are so proud of and value so highly, but also anyone who maybe wasn't as aware of the Air Ambulance, hopefully this has done a real good job of giving you an insight into what they're about, what maybe the Air Ambulance uh, network near you is about, and also why it's so important to support not only the Air Ambulance, but other charities that are, that are really dependent on your work and um, another example of what human beings are capable of. We are capable of so much greatness as the whole team of the Air Ambulance demonstrate to us day after day. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. Um, even by listening to this podcast, you've done your bit to support. Um, if you really enjoyed it, please um, do subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Otherwise, have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to speak to you soon. Pow.